Welcome to the Founder Haven Podcast. I'm Sarah Miller. In my conversations with founders, we learn more about their journey into founderhood and how they navigated the tough stuff. Hi, Amelia. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me today. Oh, most welcome. I'm so glad to meet you. Thank you so much for doing this. Likewise. Very excited to be here. Awesome. Um, so I was thinking maybe let's just start off. Why don't you tell us just a little bit more about what Honeycomb is and, and, and what are you guys are up to? Absolutely. So, uh, so we are at said Honeycomb, we are building a new kind of social app to help families save memories, uh, starting with new and expecting parents. Um, and the problem that it kind of comes from is one that probably will sound very familiar to you. Um, it starts off with social media today is super public and super noisy. And, you know, your pictures of the kids and the grandkids get sandwiched in this horrible feed between clickbait and mm -hmm. ads and influencers. And it's sort of this horrible experience. And we think it's time for something better. Um, and so we're really building Honeycomb to be a private and intimate social network for you and your loved ones. Um, and it's meant to kind of be the place for your most precious of, of memories. Um, Sometimes people call it like, it's as if, it's like if I got a private Instagram feed that was all about my family. Um, oh, nice. Sometimes people kind of describe it that way. Um, and yeah, we uh, raised uh, capital, uh, announced our funding pretty recently, are growing very quickly, and I'm just really excited to be here and to share a little bit about our journey. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to come back to some things about the funding because I do want to ask you about what that has been like, Sure. what that process has been like, but I'm going to come back to it. Um, why honeycomb for you? Like specifically, mm. why is this the venture that you're choosing to throw yourself into? And Nicole, I'm sorry, I don't want to leave Nicole out of this. Why, how did, how did, how did that happen? I think it's very uh, similar for both of us. Um, the honeycomb comes from a very personal place. We really built honeycomb for ourselves and for our families. Um, so on, on my end, I had been, I had, I had had this crazy idea for probably like 10 years of trying to find some way to create a better digital album for my family um, to save our stories so that I would have them to pass on to my kids one day. You know, I was like, okay, I don't really want just the, 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 um, the file folder of, of, of photos that's like buried in a drawer somewhere that I don't even know where it is anymore. And like, I just hope it hasn't been destroyed. It's like, I want something that's more um, personal and beautiful and, and it digital and like it will last, but I also want it to be more than just squares of pictures. I really want the stories. Yeah. I want like the memories. And so I started this pet project with my mom and my dad to find a way to like capture their stories in some kind of a digital album. And that okay. project ended up becoming uh, Honeycomb and we raised, okay. um, we, we ended up raising for, for it, um, a year later. And then for Nicole as a mom herself, um, I think honeycomb and she, she expresses this quite a bit kind of hits on two different levels. One is very much that, you know, she, she wants a place, but she used to work at Instagram and she's like, okay. I know that Instagram is not the place where I want gotcha. to be like sharing my, my baby's photos of 50,000 strangers. Like yeah. I know it could be better. Yep. Um, and so it's, it's partly that and I think part of it for her is also um, that I think she really feels like she's building this 
company for for Blaze in a lot of ways and kind of um, is like an opportunity for her to lead by by example and and to kind of be like hey cool like your mom your mom went and like built something really really awesome um so yeah. that you know and when, when you're older you can too if you want oh that's amazing yeah. well and we all know that when you're solving something that solves a or you're building something that solves a problem that you're already experiencing it becomes yes. that much more powerful Absolutely. and you're making me think so i have three kids and they're all they're all little and it has and it's it's interesting because my my mother has two kids and she has a baby book for my brother and she has a little bit of one for me, but there's not much in it because I was the second, right? Uh-huh. No offense, mom, but like, it's okay, mom. It's okay, mom, <laughs> that you didn't have all that. But uh-huh. with my three kids, I don't have a baby book for any of them. So right. Have- and then we feel all like guilty and we're like, um, like a terrible person, but it's like a lot of work. It's like, who's going to sit there and like, we've randomly tried to have in places. I'm like, oh, here's a funny thing that, you know, one of my kids said and and whatever. And I don't put anything, we don't put our kids on social media at all for all of the reasons you kind of Right. Exactly. And so what it, it sounds like what you're describing is this amazing way for parents to actually continue to preserve all of these memories and to connect it to their families in addition on top of that to be able yep. to easily share it with families so that right. you're just you're not relying just on phone calls and text messages and random haphazard ways of sharing that's right it's like that's oh awesome. instead of having 70 text threads with various people who i'm sending photos to it's like oh i can put it all in one place and it gets saved at the same that's time awesome. you know that's what i mean awesome. and you're built you're like building you're building the the scrapbook like yeah. while you're doing the things that you're already doing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. How did you meet Nicole? Nicole and I knew each other through mutual friends at business school. So we both were okay. at, uh, in the MBA program at Harvard. Okay. And um ended up our paths into tech though are like more are more complementary where so I had I had come from Silicon Valley and startups and that was what my whole career had been in and I so I I came into the MBA program kind okay. of with that lens and um Nicole was the other way where she came into the MBA program wanting to transition into tech and so she nice. ended up going to Google and then Instagram after afterwards um building products there Okay. And tell me a little bit about what was your journey like into becoming a founder? Was being a founder something that you knew you wanted to do? Or it just like once you met Nicole, you decided this would be fun? Or like tell me, tell me a little bit more about that journey. Uh yeah, that's a funny question because I think that most people when I when I left my job as a product manager, um, and, and, and sort of building software for, for other startups and, and started honeycomb almost everybody I knew came to me and said, oh, I just knew that was going to happen. And I was like, really you did? Cause I didn't know that was going to happen. It was, so I thought it was very funny because everybody just thought, just kind of assumed that of course you were going to do that someday. And I was like, well, I guess you knew me better than I knew myself. Cause that was not obvious to me. Um, so true. I have always loved working at startups and that it like startups are definitely a passion for me and a very long lasting interest. And I'm not sure if I'll ever get tired of it. And so that has always been very true for me, but the specific piece of, is it my idea and my company and am I the founder? was not as important to me. For me, the joy is in building something together with other people who 
are excited to build that thing with you. Um, so in some ways, I think I was quite surprised, um, even maybe by my own decision, you know, to go and, and build this thing. Um, I think it was one of the first times when I looked, I was looking around to see what products had been built to try to solve the same problem, like a better digital, like family album, like a scrapbook, one that's like collaborative. And, and I just looked around and I thought, gosh, I really don't think there's something out there that's great. There's not like an existing effort where I would say, cool, let me go join that team and help them further their goal. I was like, I think... I think I could do something that was just as good, if not better. Um, and it was, I think, I think that was kind of the, the difference, you know, this okay. time around. Yeah. So, okay. So you did not necessarily see yourself as becoming a founder. Others saw it in you, which I can completely relate to in my work with my own clients. Most of the people, I mean, this is why we talk to people, right. Is because other people can see things in ourselves. Yeah. Can't <laughs> see, right? Um, for everybody, for everybody, yeah. for, for therapists too. Um, <laughs> we can't see it in ourselves. But tell me a little bit about what that shift was like, though. So you didn't see yourself as a founder, yet mm -hmm. now you are functioning as a founder. So even mm -hmm. if, that, if I'm hearing you correctly and, and tell me if I'm getting this wrong, it's not that being a founder is such a central part of it for you. It's not you're like, yes, I'm a founder, but it's more like I'm building this cool thing that really energizes me. Yeah. And also you're still in this role where you do need to be, you are a founder, you are a leader, you are the CEO. Yeah. What has that transition yeah. been like for you? Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Like? I would say that was actually pretty hard for me, like the whole first year where um, I had a hard time kind of finding myself in my own skin and getting comfortable with the idea that uh, I was a leader on the team. You know, I think I very much felt like, why shouldn't we listen to what I have to say? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, uh, you definitely shouldn't listen to like, anything. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, and that, I mean, that's how I felt. Yeah. And then it was, but it was very clear that the team looked to me as like, yep. no, you're like, you know, we, we really value, you know, your, your perspective and your ideas. And, and I think I found that mantle, I guess, if you want to think of it that way of, yeah. um, the trust that people were putting in me to be, uh, somewhat uncomfortable, you know, and I think it took me a while to really embrace that. And how did you embrace that? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how did yeah. you embrace that? Like how, I what is that process actually like? <laughs> the biggest, honestly, the credit is to our incredible team, our incredible, incredible team. And a lot of, a lot of people are, um, you know, they know me, they've worked with me before. Um, and they were really great at reflecting back to me, um, when they were like, listen, like, you, you know, we trust you, you've got this, like, we know you. And, um, and they really have, have just been, and, and from people who are, are just so talented and who I respect so deeply, you know, um, to, 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 to realize that, you know, you're not, you're not, they, they've come and, 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 and joined the team and the company because, you know, they really believe, yeah. um, I think was very, that I love, honestly, a lot of credit to them. It's, it's, it's a, it's a group of incredibly talented and smart, smart people. And they tell me all the time things that I don't know <laughs> that I should know. 
That's awesome. Though. So being surrounded by the right people was really important in that process for you and getting more comfortable in your own skin. So making sure that you have people Absolutely. around you that are, that are not only talented and skilled and, and, and bright and, and all of that, but also people that are encouraging and reflecting back to you, like, Hey, we trust you. And, and you got this. That's awesome. yeah. I think a lot of it was honestly about self-confidence and, and overcoming, um, that insecurity at the beginning for sure. Um, I think I felt like in maybe in some ways I almost didn't deserve to have like the confidence or, you know, I was like, that's not well-founded. Like my self-confidence is like, what basis do I have, you know, for, for that. And I think, um, I think what, what my team members really reflected back to me over and over again was like, you're no, your self-confidence is well-founded. Like, you know, you really got this, like, you know, um, we believe in you and yeah. we believe in each other and like, yeah. So I think that's a lot of work came from. Yeah. I think it's interesting. This is, this is a topic actually I come to with just about everybody that I talk to is this, this idea around confidence that we think that we should feel confident as we're going forward and doing something, even if it's something we've never done. Mm -hmm. Which when you say it out loud like that, sounds like, well, of course, why would you be confident in doing something that you've never done before, right? But I think all of us kind of hold ourselves to this standard when we're starting something new. It's like, well, I don't feel confident about this. So clearly maybe I'm not qualified to do it, right? Yeah. And yeah, it takes reps. Yeah, it definitely does. It's, it is interesting because I do think that like, um, I think there are places for myself where I do have like really deep faith and, and it does maybe come a little bit more naturally for, for me, which is that like, I've always been a really fast learner and mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to go try stuff that I haven't done before or that I don't know the answers to. Like, I feel pretty confident. I'm like, look, you can throw, you can throw anything at me and like, I will go try damn hard to figure it out. I probably won't do a shabby job. Um, so like, I think that's like a well of like faith in myself that I very much like have and believe in. I think what I got real, what was very uncomfortable for me was, but that was all about just like me. And I think yes. it was like very uncomfortable when other people started like putting faith in me. And I was yes. like, oh man, like that's not just, it's not just me. Like these people who I yep. just like, oh, so much to, and just really, you know, highly respect like their. I got to do great for, for them too. And like, that was, that was hard to kind of, um, get comfortable with, yeah. you know? Um, and then, and then them basically reflecting back to me that they were like, look, we're not dummies. Like we wouldn't, you know, we're not here because for any other reason than like, yeah. we think this is the, a great place to be and yeah. you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's really hard. It speaks to how hard it is to, to really genuinely say, okay, other people are allowed to make their own choices for their lives. When you feel like yeah, you're exactly. the one that's responsible, like you can say that, right? It's, okay. They made a choice to be here. They're taking a chance. They're grownups. They can make a call. If they want to take this risk, they're welcome to do it. But because you're a nice, decent person, right? Who has empathy and, and, you know, you care about other people, I would imagine it's hard to not feel some of that burden and that responsibility as a founder and as a CEO, because you know, people are, are giving up a lot potentially to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, especially with the team that we have. So, you know, pretty much all of us are, I think in a, a same boat where 
we all left really great jobs <laughs> like, yeah. to, go to, to go build things together. And, and I think like, you know, and, and it's so funny because it's like, I think it's very easy to understand that for yourself individually. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Like I, I, of course, there are paths that are, you know, open to me. And I made a conscious choice not to walk down those paths because, because yeah. this is what I, I believe in and I want to go do this thing. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's, hard to also believe that it's like oh yeah actually we all have so much <laughs> like um yeah no I think you're I think it's it's good that you made this pointed out this difference right it's like there are many things I can go forth and just try because I'm confident in my own abilities and this is very different and I I think you're right to point that out like this is very different when you have other people relying on you and then when you don't feel confident in going forward then you're like oh shoot it's not just me I know yeah. lots of other people counting on me yeah, but you know what? It gets easier as time goes on because every time we've been in a time of uncertainty, it's like we've all pulled together and we get through it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like um, it gets easier and easier over time because yeah. you you learn you learn that you know you 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 uh, you you succeed together and, and yeah. navigate things together. Yeah. 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 It takes practice. It takes practice. Confidence. It does. And I think, I think bravery too. It just takes us, it, it takes practice. Right? Yeah. Just keep on going so. to the unknown. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about how the funding went for you. I mean, congrats obviously on, on raising you. your round and then, but what was that process like for you? Um, so, we were very fortunate. I think that, um, you know, we had, I would say probably, an, I think we've had an unusually positive uh, kind of experience with fundraising, especially for, so from my perspective, as someone who's a first time founder and who had never raised from, from VC before, um, I definitely didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> definitely Again. felt pretty in the dark. It all felt very nebulous um of how it worked and um we had a, a pretty unusually great raise um so we raised our first round in 2019 and closed i think our our legal we closed our legal team uh told me later that we were like the fastest raise they'd handled all year um so they were like you guys win our award like <laughs> the fastest you're the fastest fundraisers um and then uh yeah, this I think last year as well um, it moved quicker than than we anticipated, and um, so I, I have to say I, I have a lot to be. I think I think we have a, a lot to be to be proud of and and, and grateful for. Um, I'll, I'll pause there, but overall, I would say the experience is pretty good. Yeah, what was what was some of the greatest? So okay, let me take a step back. To be sure, just raising funds like that, especially when you haven't done, well, even when you have done it before. I mean, I, I know people that have read, you know, yeah. all of the series is, you know, uh, of, of rounds, but like, it, it's always a, a slog. It's always hard, right? Yep. So it doesn't matter whether you're first starting out, but I do think there's something unique about those first times when you're, when you're raising a round. Definitely. What was some of Definitely. the the greatest not like tactical issues about it, but what was some of the greatest mental struggles that you face while, while raising? Um, I think that like, so if I could go back and give myself some advice, 
you know, now like looking back, it's like, okay, <laughs> what are the things you didn't know? Um, I had this misconception that there were people who are investors and those are the people who I should go. And those are the people who are going to be our first backers. And, and that's huge. Like I should have on my target list, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think like the way I went about it at the beginning was I think I went on LinkedIn and looked for like everybody who I, who like I'd ever heard of on like a podcast or whatever. And it's mm -hmm. like a famous investor. And I was like, oh, that's kind of how I'm making my, that's kind of how I was making my list. Um, in reality, what ended up happening was, so I was I was preparing our, our um, pitch materials and I ended up reaching out to people who I really respect as um, you know, former coworkers, uh, mentors, people who I think were really smart and who I'd worked with in the past. And I was like, you're gonna have good advice from me here. And I would just show them the pitch materials and say, hey, can you like give me some feedback? I'm like, um, I want to make these good. And and I had come to them genuinely looking for advice. And 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 people started saying, you know, actually I would I would love to back you. And I thought, oh my gosh, I, I had no idea that that would even cross your mind because in my mind, I, I had never really thought of, you know, um that. That investments could come from somebody, some people who maybe I knew or had worked with me. Um, but uh, you know, far, far, quite to the contrary, um, our our very earliest backers came in weeks before we quote unquote officially started fundraising because they were people who just knew us, right, and like really believed in us and the mission, and they were like, um, yeah, like I, I like I. I I know you're going to go make something happen and I want to be, I want to be part of that. And so we were, and so then, uh, then by the time we actually had meetings uh, with institutional investors, um, we already had commitments from people. Um, I think that was pretty unusual. You know, I think that was very unusual to be able to kind of walk in the door and say, Hey, you know, like things are already moving like a little bit faster than, than we thought. And so that I would have gone back and told myself to be more open-minded about it's like, Hey, who are, who who are your backers going to be? Do they all have, is it only going to be like, you know, these like faceless names that you've seen on some building somewhere? And it's like, sure, those people are, are investors, but there are a lot of other people too, you know, who might want to be part of your journey. Um, and, and they really, they really made it, they, they were a huge part of, of why that, that went so quickly. Yeah. So the advice would be to be kind of open about it in a, in a way that you hadn't previously conceived, right? Yeah. Think that it doesn't just come through as like, okay, I've prepared my deck and now I'm going to identify the people that might potentially back me and then I will book the meetings. And then I, it's like, it's not necessarily this sort of, you know, stepwise sort of process, but it can happen a little bit more organically than, than you had envisioned. Yeah. I, I think if I had started out just telling people like everybody like I just people who I knew hey we're gonna go raise <laughs> like like or or I'm, we're gonna go you know this is something I want to go do um I probably would have gotten to where we ended up getting uh, a lot faster because <laughs> I, I, I think I think I would have been allowing people to identify themselves as people gotcha. who wanted it to be to be supporters on our journey instead of me kind of having this very closed-minded idea of like you know well they don't have they're not like a the professional full-time investor on their 
in their job and so that they would never be interested or whatever yeah 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 makes sense yeah because it's one of those things that you wouldn't really know until you get into it and you just start having more and more conversations yeah I had no idea yeah I had no idea (laughs) no no um so Amelia with being I mean in the journey that you've been on because this you've been on this journey now for three years almost three yeah I guess three years ago is when I left my full-time job so I guess we can count that the company didn't exist then but we can say that's when my personal journey started, I guess. Um, do you mind if I ask what it was like when you left your job? Oh, um, it was pretty scary. Well, I don't know. It was scary and exciting, I guess, at the same time. Um, I was pretty sure that I wanted to, that this was a decision I wanted to make. So I think I had a lot of personal conviction about, about that. It had taken me a long time to get to that decision, but once I made it, I felt pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember like, uh, so my last day at my previous job was on a Friday and I gave myself the weekend. And then on Monday I started working on what would, you know, become, what would, be, what would become honeycomb. And, um, I do remember kind of that morning sort of realizing for the first time that I didn't have a manager or anyone to tell me what I should do. Um, and that feeling both like, okay, that's kind of novel and freeing, but also very terrifying. <laughs> it's like, okay, so wow. So like, what should I, what should I spend my day doing? And like, how am I going to tell if I'm going in the wrong, di- in the wrong direction? Is anybody going to tell me if I'm going in the wrong direction? How am I going to find out if I'm going in the wrong direction? And like, what if I'm going in the right direction, but not fast enough? How is someone going to tell me if I'm like succeeding or failing or, you know, am I, am I on pace or not on pace or, um, so I think that was like a pretty, that was like a, a pretty new thing to adjust to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and that, you know, now, now, now our, we have a, we have a whole team and, uh, and that's, that, that's a huge, huge benefit. <laughs> Having a team around you is getting to have those people, but yeah, yeah, at the beginning, yeah, it forces structure. Once you've got people that you're that are reporting to you and that are you know tasked with all sorts of things, it forces a little bit more structure on it, right? Whereas in those early days, it's it's like very wide open, right? Well, the wide openness didn't scare me so much. I, I'd worked in enough startups to be pretty comfortable with like, I would say a pretty large spectrum of uncertainty sure. and sort of in creating structure out of, out of chaos. But, um, but I, for me personally, I, I'm such a people person. I really thrive um, with, you know, I do my best work bouncing ideas off of other people um, and in conversation with other people. And so that was something I underestimated was like how hard that was going to be on me mentally, um, kind of starting out on day one where yeah. it was, it was just me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah, that, that was probably the part that was the hardest. Yeah. How did you, how did you cope with that? Um, I didn't cope with it very well for, for I, I got three months. And I did that for three months and then decided I was going to go bonkers if I was by myself. So I started looking for co-working spaces because I thought, well, at least I can be around other people. I mean, we're not working the same thing, but we can still like talk about stuff and I can say like, here's what I'm, here's what I'm working on. What are you working on? Um, and then, so I decided I was going to go find a co-working space and get out of the house. And, um, I basically like it 
in shopped co-working spaces. So I made a list of local co-working spaces and I'd go and like visit each one and kind of try to find one that had, um, I was really looking for a communal vibe because that's what I wanted was a co-working space where people were going to actually talk to each other yeah. about their projects. So if it was a co-working space where it's like, everybody goes into their own little cubicles and closes their door and you don't talk to anybody. I was like, okay, well that, that was totally defeats, that totally defeats yeah. my goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I found this amazing little co-working space um, in Palo Alto um, called Sacred Space Coworking, um, and it was just this fantastic community. They're still running. I totally recommend it to friends who are around the area. Um, and and I joined that, and my mental health went <laughs> <laughs> way up, improved immensely from that change. Oh yeah, it's toxic. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that you're a little bit more on the extroverted side of things, and so having yeah, having yeah, that. Yeah not having that other energy to kind of feed off of is, is, can be crippling stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's really tough for me. Yeah. 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 Um, so I saw in, I saw in an article that, um, Nicole, or you mentioned it too. Sorry that Nicole has a, has a, a little one. Yes, she does. Yes. She's a daughter blaze. I would have to imagine that that infuses a whole lot more energy into to everything that you do just because when you have, I mean, it's a lovely idea in and of itself, honeycomb, right? But then when you have a phys physical right. sort of, you know, a body right there that you're like, I am making this for you, right? In a yeah. way, it's it makes it even just so much more tangible. What's that been like? Yeah, um, I think it is such a central part of who we are and our journey, not even at, like on the company side, on the personal side. Um, one of the things that, Nicole sometimes shares is like, you know, uh, I think the decision for her of leaving Instagram to, to, to build, um, honeycomb. And one of the things that she shared with me, I remember at the time that I find super inspiring and I keep it fine all the time. And she was like, I thought to myself, like, I need to do this for, 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 for like my future daughter, like I need to be, I want to be a mom that shows her, you know, that you, to, that shows her by example, um, that you can go and, and, and chase the dream that you want. Um, and so I think there's something that's super, super personal, personal, even on the company side, um, you know, for, for her. And then, and then certainly on like the personal side, like Blaze is, Blaze is like, it's like practically our company mascot. Like she's, <laughs> you know, she, um, and I think that, I think that it's one of the things that we see as our, as an advantage for us, right. Is that there could be other teams that would want to build the same product, but we are the customers. You know, I, I, I truly don't think that a, a product, um, for, for parents, could be built as well by a team that had no parents on it. Um, there's something just so fundamentally different about building something for yourself. Um, I think it, it's what enables us to do it better. Um, so yeah, so, that's my long, <laughs> my no, windy answer. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. It, there's something very different about, and this is not to say, I mean, I do feel like there is such a difference um, when you have a living, breathing human being there and, and you are, and even though 
it's not your child because Blaze is this sort of company mascot. I mean, I, and I also know just the close relationship between co-founders, you're a big part of Blaze's life as well, I would have to imagine, right? And you feel very tied yeah. to her, I would just have to guess just because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Wow, definitely. what's it been like having a, a co-founder um, navigate pregnancy and then be oh, a yeah. founder and yeah tell us a so one of the things that. that um I do want to share with your listeners is that um Nicole and I actually started a community for mom founders of venture-backed companies uh we run it it's called BC Backed Moms um and it's incredible and we started it because uh originally because we wanted it for ourselves <laughs> so um so when we right? <laughs> yeah so um, Nicole was expecting while we were raising and, um, when we really, we really reached out to everybody we knew and, um, and, and, and found support from wonderful friends and individuals. And we kept, I think at some point we were kind of just like, why, 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 why don't we introduce all these lovely people to each other who are helping us? Like, this is so silly. Why are we just like all DMing each other? Like, let's just put everybody together because um yeah you really it's it's really such a unique journey um to be uh a, a a mother um and also a founder of a venture-backed startup um there are not very many of us <laughs> so so yeah. um so we started the group uh for for ourselves and it has grown into the largest community of of, of, of venture-backed mom founders and is incredible it is wow. so it's such an amazing group of women i think it, like one of the things that's best is it's a place where you can really you can just really unfilteredly be yeah. yourself right and i think like being a mother and a founder they're both identities that are so strong um but also have like a lot of there's a lot of stuff that it's like it's hard to talk about it sometimes except with other mothers or other mm. founders you yeah. kind of it's like you don't quite you need you need to talk to somebody else who's like kind of been in those trenches yeah and and the intersection of those two things it's like it is like yeah it's just like it's immeasurably valuable wow. to have someone who you can go to have a community where you can go and say um hey like how do you break how, how did you all think about like sharing the news with your investors when do you do that why how yeah. like how do you how do you structure that it's like, an incredibly <laughs> unique experience that yeah where else would you get that information yeah and it is i think it is a very it, it is a fundamentally like unique and different experience yeah, yeah so and um I go ahead say, i would imagine during the pandemic it has been a, a lifeline especially. oh yeah because not oh, only yeah. has the pandemic affected, I mean, startups especially, right? But my God, yep. the impact on parents has been mm -hmm. crushing. Absolutely. If I may. Yeah. I mean, just speaking from my experience, crushing. I mean, it's been it's been enormously hard. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm really fine. Um, no, I mean, it's been it's been enormously hard. And when you're dealing with both of these, I mean, with the pressures on both fronts, both in having a startup because I mean, the pandemic has, has presented lots of challenges depending on what your business is, but for so many startups, the pandemic has been so difficult, just especially early days, right? Mm -hmm. With 
you know, the markets and everything was so in flux. And then, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do, how to protect my kids and all of that. So I would imagine your community was, yeah, alive and well. Oh yeah. During, during all of There are some, I mean, and there are some like really crazy stories in there of people just like, here's the creative thing that I'm doing, <laughs> you know, like here's how I'm like, breastfeeding while also in the office and like I it's just yeah it's just wow. a very unique set of challenges and problems um we'll we'll drop a link in the episode description awesome. for anybody yes. who yeah who wants great. to who wants to join that would be great cool. I think that's also enormously I'm so glad you mentioned it just because I think that also just in my own conversations with founders who also happen to be mothers um I mean, as we know, statistically speaking, women just tend to handle more of the burden of things around the house. Not in every, not in every partnership, of course, not in every marriage is that the case, but frequently, right? That women still, for whatever reason, still tend to, to carry the burden when it comes to child, child rearing and household things and, and all of that. And so that I think founders who are mothers also then wear this executive hat in two places. It's like, I'm a CEO at work and I'm a CEO at home. And yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Nicole talks about how she has two babies, you know, she's got, I've got, I've got blaze and I've got honeycomb. <laughs> they're both <laughs> yeah. my babies. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But they're so for different. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, given all the highs and lows of, of startup life, Right, because there's lots of amazing reasons why why people have startups. Right, I mean it's it's a thrill. There's you know just immense gratification from knowing that you're building something that's helping people, that's impactful. And there's also lows of you know potential mm -hmm. rejection or flat out rejection or you know rough quarters, things like that. How do you, Amelia, manage the ups and downs? What's that like for you? Yeah, um, I think. It, I actually think it's really related to what you've just been talking about, which is that for me, I think like community of, of really wonderful people um, around you is, um, that's what does it for me. You know, um, I come into work every day with our team here in uh, our offices here in San Mateo and, and it's just like, it's, it's incredibly energizing and awesome, you know, to, to, to get to work with this, this group of wonderful and talented people. Um, there's communities that we've created for ourselves, you know, like, like VC backed moms mm -hmm. where we thought, well, we'd really, we really wish this community existed. And we said, well, okay, maybe we should create it because we're pretty sure other people want it too. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes you have to create, I think the, mm -hmm. the rafts for, for yourself that, that you need. And, and it's incredibly gratifying that this is, that it's become so valuable, not just for us, but for many other women too. Like that's, that's also really neat. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, and then there's like, um, I think, you know, even smaller circles, uh, our, our, our partners are huge, are huge reason. I think, you know, Nicole and I talk a, a lot about, um, how, how much of a shout out we have to, to our incredible partners who, um, keep us, keep us fed and, <laughs> yeah. you know, have, have supported us on, on taking this leap, uh, that, um, we, we might not have taken otherwise, um, cause we feel very lucky to get to do it. You yeah. know, we know there's a lot of people who, who don't get the chance to, to go yeah. do 
take the you know take the big swing and 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 go build something incredible and um and even despite right the ups and the downs i think that's what it still feels like a blessing and a yeah. an incredible opportunity yeah. um to to get to do this uh yeah. so yeah so it sounds like knowing knowing number one knowing what really helps to i don't know if heal you is the right word that you would use but knowing what really satisfies you what takes care of you right so for you it's yeah. community right and that's really what helps get you through all of it but also gratitude yeah. and having yeah absolutely in is really what keeps you going. yeah exactly like i i think the analogy i kind of use sometimes when i tell people about the experience is it's as if like if you were a soccer fan all your life and someone said hey would you and then somehow like a you know someday you get a golden ticket and says, would you like a chance to like compete in the Olympics, you know? And like, yeah, it's gonna be really hard and you're gonna have to train really hard for it. And you might not make it, but there's a chance that you could like enough of a chance, like we think you could, like, do you want to sign up for that? It's gonna be a lot of hard work. And I feel like we've gotten the chance to go to the Olympics and, you know, like, yeah, of course, like, yeah, it's hard work and yeah, there's ups and downs, but still, get the chance to go to the Olympics. Like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you for sharing so much of this, Amelia. I think this was, you gave some really amazing insights into just what it's like to be a founder, sharing your journey into being a founder, what that transition has been like for you, the advice you would give to your past self. And I would have to imagine by extension to other founders. So I just, I really appreciate you uh, coming on today and sharing all of that. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. It was a pleasure.